0: hear the world sounds you're listening to episode 60 of hack to start this episode features zach onisco the head of growth and marketing at creative market tyler and i wanted to invite zach onto the show to share his story and insights as a designer entrepreneur and growth hacker zach graduated as a graphic designer but always wanted to run something for himself after joining a small tech company that was quickly acquired by monster and gaining invaluable skills zach quickly took on other projects He helped launch and grow Branch Out to over 30 million users, raising $49 million in the process before it was acquired. He then met up with the founding team of Creative Market right after their time in Y Combinator. Zach helped grow Creative Market a multiple of 17 times in just 12 months, also increasing revenue by 1600%. This is going to be an amazing episode you won't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey Zach, thanks for being on the show today.
1: Yeah, of course. Happy to be here.
0: Man, I've been following you on Twitter for a while and uh, really excited to finally have a chance to uh, you know, invite you onto the show and share your story with us. Cool, man. So let's start off by getting to know a bit more about you. Where are you from? What did you study? And how did your passion for entrepreneurship really develop?
1: Uh, from the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, born and raised. Uh, went to school out here, SF State. Got a design degree, wanted to be a graphic designer, web designer, actually was doing that for many years. My role kind of uh, has evolved over the years, from a designer to like a product manager, over to like a growth, uh, you know, head of growth role. But um, but yeah, I mean, I've always been into entrepreneurship. Always have. That's been my my goal. I never really wanted to uh, to work for anyone else, and you know, really wanted to to run my own show. And um, I think that's that's something that drives a lot of people down this path. But
0: yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did you actually transition from graphic design into tech entrepreneurship and, and more the growth side of things?
1: So yes, yeah, so my, uh, my first job out of college, I took this, um, you know, I kind of had these, this fork in the road where I could have gone down the path of of an ad agency. It was pretty far along in, in uh, interview process with be Silverstein, really top uh, agency here in San Francisco. Um, and then a startup called Tickle was growing really fast. In its own right, it had a uh, Found a some virality through quizzes, um, and so they were doing uh, personality quizzes as well as um, professional quizzes and you know career aptitude quizzes. Um, the breadwinner was the IQ test, um, and so when I came on board, you know we were doing um, spending like a million bucks a month in in paid advertising, and I, I came in to design creative. We're doing everything from you know interstitial ads to to. Pop unders to display ads, and I was doing a lot of that uh, creative work. And um, and when you're spending that much money, you know, you're just cranking out a ton of variations. And uh, and and what I learned early on was, you know, I fell in love with designing um, based on you know how users interacted. So you know, data driven design um, through those A/B tests in the ad budget. So uh, you know, quickly learned you know how to you know, by adding one element, taking another element away, um, it, it was a totally different process than, you know, what you kind of, you know, you fall into the design career path because you want to make beautiful things and sometimes designing for, <laughs> designing with data, it's, it's not always the most beautiful variation that wins, it's, it's the most effective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. How were you managing to do that back then? What was the dynamic like working at Monster? Was it more like startup or on the way to becoming a bigger company?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, Monster acquired us um, a year in, and, uh, and yeah, so we, we were kind of the West Coast, you know, innovation lab, really. Monster's based back in, in Maynard, Massachusetts. We were in San Francisco. So they kind of left us alone for the first couple years, and, um, and we kind of did our own thing and got to experiment a lot. So, so we had Tickle was kind of our, you know, we figured out that business and kind of had that automated, and then we split out. And... And made these tiger teams of, of uh, small groups of functional people to to start these like side projects that became you know pretty successful. We had a pretty you know fast growing photo sharing site uh, called Ringo at the time. We had a uh, matchmaking site called Love Happens. We had a an, an ad network. <laughs> so we're doing a bunch of different stuff uh, under that monster umbrella. But, um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I stuck around for four years, and and then one of our uh, one of Tickles co-founders took off on a on a world tour and, and came back and we're at playing poker one night and he's like, We're you know, I'm kinda of bored traveling the world, let's start a company. So, you know, he convinced me to to quit and, and start uh, start Superfan, which uh, would eventually become branch
0: out. Cool. So that's great. That's a, that's an awesome transition. I was gonna ask you, you, know, what what is Superfan and what really motivated you guys to start that?
1: So Superfan um, you know kind of came because you know we were we were big music fans, um, so Superfan was originally called My Rockstar. We we built out this music social network. This was back in 2008, and uh, this is also back when there was a lot of hostile takeovers in the the music startup space. And so we kind of like pivoted a little bit there and, and made an affinity network. Uh, you know where you could you know like all the things that you you're a fan of, from from music to celebrities. And um, so anyway, it, it was a it was a you know pretty feature heavy. Social network, and and we're having a hard time getting it off the ground. And we had some some hardcore users who are our uh, kind of our, our VIP uh, users, but um, but we had a hard time scaling it past that uh, that user base. And so we started experimenting with with a lot of other things, building Facebook apps. This is also like in the infancy of the the Facebook uh, platform. And uh, and yeah, so Superfan actually evolved from that social networking play into like an agency really because we were making these Facebook apps. And so we had these we had friends that were working at like CBS, MTV, a bunch of big brands and they, they came to us like, you know, you guys are making Facebook apps. Everyone's telling us we need a Facebook app. You know, can we pay you to make one for us? And, you know, at the time we're a bootstrap startup. We're like, yeah, we, I mean, we need to pay the bills. So yeah. um, let's do this. And so it was cool. We got to do like apps on CBS.com for like Amazing Race. And, um, you know, we built apps. For Universal Music, and um, you know, did stuff like Britney Spears and Lady Gaga, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. But you know, the agency model is just not a scalable model, and so we were, you know, we were paying the bills, but it wasn't, um, you know, we we're a profitable company, but we weren't. We, you know, you can't scale that model without throwing more people at it, which is wasn't the model that we were you know, really interested in. And so, because we were so into the Facebook API and, and watching all the changes day to day. You know, we kind of stumbled into the idea for for branch out, which was just a the, the original prototype was a tool that we just built internally for fundraising. We wanted a tool that would allow us to look up our Facebook friends by where they worked. We put that prototype together, and we're like, "Oh, actually, there's a there's a really big idea here." And so we uh, we decided to shut down Superfan and go go with branch out full time. Um, ended up raising forty nine million dollars. Uh, you know, grew to over thirty million users. Um so it was a it was a rocket ship ride uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, sounds awesome. So on on that note of of you know growing branch out super quickly, uh getting to 30 million users and you know 800 million professional connections in the, in the database. So, you know, what led to that kind of growth and and how did the product features influence that growth because you were leading product at the time there, correct?
1: Yeah, so um so that summer, we kind of, you know, we, we experimented with a lot of things. And I was heading up product and design. I was designing all the, all the features and, and UI. Um, but, you know, when we raised the money, we were able to, to grow the team. And we had a PM who was building out our enterprise product. And, and at this time, we, we had a few million users, but, you know, we weren't hitting the gas. We weren't, we weren't seeing that the viral rate that we were really, you know, where we saw the opportunity was on the Facebook platform. And So I ended up uh, just passing the the PM hat to to our other PM. So she she led up now enterprise and consumer uh, side of the product, and and I formed a small growth team. And what that growth team looked like was was basically a three man team. I had an analyst, um, you know, we had a full stack engineer, and then myself doing you know just kind of designing the product and UI and running A/B tests and and you know things like that. And really focused all of our energy. In that you know that first user experience and really getting that uh, that onboarding flow tuned and so yeah that that's basically you know what we did um, we we did hundreds of variations from from copy to feature to page flow everything in between but uh, but what we're lucky enough to have is that once we had some wind in our sails we had more people on the site every day and so every day we were able to uh, statistical significance much faster than we could have, you know, weeks previously when we we're, you know, had, had slower growth. And so uh, we got to a point where, you know, we could throw a variation up and within a couple hours we had significance. We could pull it down, set that variation live and then set a new variation on top of it. Um, and so that compound growth is really what led us to tuning that viral machine. And it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was, it was so, it was such fast growth that it was, it was almost too fast. You know, at our, at our peak, we we're signing up 600,000 people a day. Wow, that's uh, crazy. And, uh, and we had, you know, we didn't have very sophisticated analytics set up yet because we're still this, you know, scrappy startup. And um, and so what we did is we had to put, uh, you know, we called them health metrics. And so we had a, a dozen or so metrics that we had to manually pull from different tools. But those health metrics would tell us, like, if the, if the site was about to cripple over or not. And so we had... You know around the clock, we had a team of people who would run those run those metrics every two hours twenty four hours a day and so you know if, if if we happen to get viral in you know in London or we happen to get viral in uh in sydney or or whatever, we just have to wake people up and you know go put our finger in the dam and fix the machine to keep it running but uh yeah, so it was crazy it was super scrappy, but uh you know super fun we went to. We were like eight guys in this, you know, tiny uh, conference room-sized office with, with no heat in the winter, and no, no air in the summer, and, you know, fast forward six months, we're in this like 30,000 square foot office, and the mayor of San Francisco is doing his, coming by and doing his campaign, uh, election campaign parties at, in our office space, you know, our CEO's having dinner with, with Obama and Lady Gaga, and it's just crazy whirlwind, uh, you know, experience.
0: That's awesome. Was there a lot of competition at the time with with LinkedIn? How did you guys manage to differentiate the product to kind of convince people to join Branched Out?
1: So I think that was the big opportunity, right? Is that LinkedIn was the big professional network and there was no other player out there. Um, And they were kind of this, you know, huge incumbent. But it's weird. I I feel like we, you know, we woke this sleeping giant. Um, You know, LinkedIn hadn't changed much in like five plus years you know, and all of a sudden we we saw this opportunity where we could build, you know, basically build LinkedIn on Facebook, which had, you know, a much larger pool of people, LinkedIn very focused on uh, on white collar professionals and, and we saw an opportunity to build a professional database for both white collar and blue collar because you know basically everyone's on Facebook. And yeah, and so we uh, we started to hit the gas and you know, I feel like we we definitely got LinkedIn's attention and we started to see them, you know, innovative a much faster pace and, you know, come out with, you know, mobile apps and, and re they, they redesign their site for the first time in, in many years. And, and yeah, so they definitely paid attention. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we approach it like, you know, they could be Coke and we can be Pepsi or the, the space is big enough for there could be multiple players.
0: Yeah, for sure. So earlier you mentioned it that you guys ended up raising forty nine million um, from from a, a, some major VC investors, including Accel Partners, Redpoint, um, and a whole bunch more. So how did you guys approach kind of raising the money? Uh, do you have any insights to share around that for for other folks who might be listening?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, it was funny. You know, we uh, we went down to Sand Hill Road with with a deck for Superfan, and everyone was just like, "Thanks, no thanks. You know, come back when you have traction." You know that same old uh the same old line that you hear um we just had a hard time getting uh investor interest and so with branch out like when we when we kind of had that idea, we took that same super fan deck, we swapped out the logo, I literally made the first branch out logo in like five ten minutes, swapped it in there, we swapped out uh you know the different industry stats and, and then we went back to town of sandhill and you know I think that first day we met with five or six v c s and and everyone said they wanted in um and I think the biggest difference was. With Superfan, it was a very small, small opportunity pitch. With um, with Branch out, we were selling that billion dollar opportunity. We really could, you know, there's a possibility, to, you know, make something huge. And so, you know, and that's what investors want to hear. You know, they want they want to invest in those unicorns. Um, and so that I think that was the big uh, the big difference.
0: That's awesome. And so uh, Branch Out ended up kind of getting acquired and then you moved on to Creative Market. So for those who might not know, what is Creative Market and, and how did you become involved uh, in that startup?
1: Yeah, so I actually left uh, Branch Out, you know, I was five years in, I was, I was fully vested um, and I was just ready for my next thing. And I actually left to start, start my next company. Um, and then I met the founders from Creative Market. They had come out of YC like a year earlier and uh, the company that I was planning to to build was very much in line with what Creative Market is building um, has built, and that's a marketplace for for design assets. And so we sell things like you know icons and illustrations and WordPress themes and Photoshop plugins and you know stock photos and and you know, we just launch a 3D model category. Um, but yeah, so we're we're basically the solution to the blank canvas. So you don't have to you know, start a project from scratch. You can come here and get, you know, some really nice looking fonts. You can get uh you know anything from like color palettes and patterns and anything that, that you need to kind of start your start your thing. So yeah, so that's that's kind of the uh uh what create a market is um, and uh and yeah it's been fun. Um, it's almost been uh let's see two and a half years. Yeah. So uh but yeah it's um, you know we're still a fast growing startup inside of a, a large organization so we were acquired by Autodesk um about a, a year and change ago and uh and yeah it's been good we're we're kind of left uh left alone we're we're still an autonomous team we're still uh growing like a weed so i think you know you know as, as far as acquisitions go uh you know couldn't ask for for a better situation That's
0: that's awesome so You've, you've previously talked about sort of the three stages of growth, which, which are like product market fit is the first stage, then the hustle stage, and then the third stage is the scalable growth stage. So can you tell us a bit more, um, especially about the last two, any advice that you might have around you know uh, what it takes to kind of get growth in, in the hustle and scalable growth stages?
1: Yeah. So I mean, you know I think that everyone talks a lot about product market fit. I think we all know what, the, what that looks like. Um, basically, is their market large enough to, to build a sustainable business? um once you kind of figure out like okay yes there's a market there then it's like okay now how do you how do you grow the business and and so you know i think where a lot of startups stumble early on is that they go straight from like okay i have this business idea now let's get it viral and that's just not really how you build build a brand that's not how you build you know awareness in a community it's not how you build a community um you know you really need to get people to to really fall in love with your product or service and and you know the way you do that, you know, early on is is you know, there's a lot of manual laborist stuff that you have to do, and that's whether it's going to meet your customers in person, getting getting feedback. It's you know, writing handwritten thank you notes. It's sending you know, swag in the mail. You know, stuff like that. You know, one of the examples, you know, I like to talk about a lot, which I, I really love is that um, uh, Sprig is a food food uh, food delivery company here in San Francisco, and they had uh, guys at every uh, Bart so that's the San Francisco Subway, all the BART exits handing out free lunch vouchers. And so every day, you know, like 400,000 people commute into into San Francisco for work and they're just sitting they're giving everyone these free lunches. Um, within a day, you know, that manual outreach campaign, you know, probably gained them thousands of, of new customers. So, um, you know, doing those kind of manual things, it's, you know, the other one that, you know, Tinder is famous for is, um, you know they went to the sorority houses and and had people sign up in person and like you know the girls would go to the fraternities and the guys would go to the sororities and and basically had people sign up and very uh non scalable tactic but you know it got it got their you know early adopters uh in the door you know airbnb they went those guys those founders went door to door and taking the uh, taking photos of the of the apartments themselves uh, before they hired people to do that for them so um, so yeah, so that's, that's what that stage is about. The other thing you're doing in this stage is that, you know, you are, you're diversifying your, your marketing channels, you're experimenting with different things, you're seeing where you're going to, you know, find a signal for, for growth. And then when you, you kind of see something take off, that's when you kind of double down in that channel. Um, and, you know, the scalable stuff, there's really five channels for, for scalable growth. There's, you know, of course, viral, viral growth, but, you know, virality is really, really hard to, to, to do to have actual true K factor of one where you know every new user who's coming to your site is inviting an additional user. Yeah. Um, that's really hard to do. you know there's paid so if you can spend you know every dollar you spend you get a dollar back you just basically just keep dumping money in that machine and, and grow that way. you can hire a sales team if you can uh, you know afford to pay them. you know there's there's SEO which was you know huge for, for creative market. But you know, SEO obviously is, is very competitive and you know you need to invest heavily in those those tactics for it to to pay off. But organic search traffic is huge. And there's like partnerships. So if you can partner with like, you know, a Facebook or a Google or somebody who has like a ton of traffic and they're they're willing to, to hook you up, then that can that can overnight get you scalable growth. But you know, those deals are really hard to to close. So so yeah, so you know, that that hustle stage is really important because, you know, those five scalable channels are really hard to pull off. So, you know, it would suck if you, you know, spent six months, you know, trying to close partnerships with big brands and nothing came about and you just ran out of money and you go bankrupt, you know, so it's, it's better to, you know, work to grow at least those initial users, Um, get yourself some revenue stream, get, get some money in the bank, Um, even if it's, it's, you know, paying the rent, you know, that's, that's, you know, those are small goals and small wins and, you know, as you hit these milestones, um, you know, you'll figure out six months, 12 months in, like, where where there's an opportunity to invest more, you know, more time and energy. It doesn't take much time to uh, to build a, a, a viral referral program or whatever, but it does take a ton of time to optimize that, you know. You need to be optimizing it like crazy if it's really going to, to take off and, you know, you can't only, basically you don't want all your eggs in the same basket, so...
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, it makes a lot of sense. And so earlier, you mentioned that, you know, creative market uh, grew super quick. And, and I got some stats here uh, that, that you that you had shared and that you guys did uh, in one of the yearly reports. So I think that, you know, in its first 12 months, uh, you guys grew it by 17, you know, X um, and ended up, you know, generating, uh, you know, increasing revenue, sorry, by 1600%. So what did you guys do differently from kind of a growth marketing perspective uh, to, to enable that?
1: So, I mean, that first year was a lot of, a lot of hustling. Um, you know, that was, uh, you know, I think early on, you know, I was lucky enough to, you know, get a signal that SEO was going to be really important for growth. I think I read an article where Rand Fiskin from, from Moz said something like, if you're an e-commerce site or a content site or something and, and 50% of your, your traffic isn't coming from uh, organic search, you're doing something wrong, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and so the first hire I made on my growth team was a was a content writer. You know, we built this strategy to basically maximize the number of inbound links through getting uh, content shared, and uh, and in turn, hack SEO. You know, the very general sense of you know the influencers for for SEO and PageRank is. Um, you know, one your site needs to be as easily crawlable by the bots. You need to have you know you need to have content on your site, whether that's you know user generated content or you know content that you're you're creating internally. Um, and then you need to have you need to maximize your inbound links in the shortest amount of time possible. That means that we st- we started this site 15 years after our, our com- incumbent competitors started, and and they just had like these years of of links linking back to them, and so. The other thing too is like you launch a new site and you're just not found in Google because Google hasn't crawled or indexed you yet. And so um, it's a very slow play, but there's ways that you can, that you can influence your page rank by, by doing, you know, basically doing the things that Google wants you to do. And that's um, you know, producing great content.
0: Yeah, awesome. That, that's that's a, a great piece of advice. Um, so now your, your role uh, after the acquisition is, is head of yeah. growth and marketing. So what's that role like day to day for you?
1: You know, one of the things about being acquired is that you we have more budget to to hire up and so we've built out you know we have a team of eight now on the on the growth team and um, and so my role is really more of wearing a strategy hat than than you know doing more execution in the weeds and so we've kind of built out a team where we just have these functional experts in different areas and so we have you know we have a couple analysts we have a you know a conversion uh, optimist we have uh, a uh, head of partnerships. We have a, a paid marketing guy. Um, and so we have, we have a pretty large content team as well. We have uh, a couple editors and then, you know, probably 20, 30 copywriters that we contract with. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, we're basically, we're, we're still diversifying our, our marketing strategy. And, you know, we, we you know, we, we figured out some things and, you know, we're still experimenting in some other buckets, but, but yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Sounds sounds great. So, you know, uh, earlier you mentioned uh, the three D uh, printing categories, but uh, but other than that, like what else is next for creative market in uh, in two thousand fifteen?
1: Yeah, so the three D models are actually more the professional models, so they're uh not, not the uh printable stuff um right now. We'll eventually get there, but um bit the three D files for Maya and Max and Okay. But uh but yeah, I mean I think you know, we could you could see us continuing to expand. Um you know, there's video, there's audio, there's, you know, potential, like, education, um, e-books, you know, who knows? You know, we, we've, you know, our vision for the company had, uh, was always to become, like, the Amazon of digital, digital assets. We want to be able to sell any digital asset. You know, eventually we might have, like, you know, legal forms or, like, you know, architectural um, brochures or I don't know. There's, there's so many different, you know, verticals we continue to go down. But, um, you know, right now we've found a sweet spot in the, in the web design and uh, graphic design space and so we're focusing a lot of our energy there but you know as we see with, with 3D models like the, the 3D space is really is completely new vertical of customer than who we've been selling to over the last couple of years and so I think you know the same thing will be true with with video and if we if we also expand like after effects and, and motion graphics and um, go down that arena that's a totally different industry than, than, than graphic web design so, yeah, there's these new verticals and, yeah, we're just going to keep on cranking and we have, we have a lot we want to build, so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I look forward to, uh, to seeing it come along then. Cool. So, uh, what are some of the most recent apps you've, uh, you've downloaded recently or, or use on a daily basis?
1: <laughs> so, I'm kind of addicted to uh, Yo Shirt. <laughs> have you seen that one? No, I haven't. It's basically an app that makes you, uh, lets you make all over tees. Nice. So the, the image is printed all over the shirt, not just on the, on the chest. Um, you could also make like these all over printed, uh, you know, they have socks and I don't know, leggings and I think backpacks and all kinds of stuff. So I'm spending way too, money, too much money uh, making weird t shirts. But um, yeah, uh, daily use apps. I, uh, I use Nuzzle, it's kind of a Twitter yeah. aggregator. I'm a big fan of the Dig app for work. We use, uh, you know, Slack is always, always open 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Um, Big fans of, of of Slack and Asana, and doing a remodel right now, so on house a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I, there's lots of good inspiration there. I know. Yeah. So uh, besides uh, besides app, have you read anything uh, pretty interesting lately, or like any types of media, or books, or blog posts, anything that uh, that's uh, worth a mention?
1: Yeah, I've uh, subscribed to uh, Heat and Shaw's uh, newsletter. Yeah. Um, it's probably my favorite um, place for industry articles, but yeah, fine. Read a lot of stuff there. Books, uh, Bradfields, entry deals. Yeah, picked it up again. I think I've had it for a while, but uh, started reading it last week.
0: Cool, that's awesome. Do you have any last thoughts or personal models that you live by and you'd like to uh, to share with us?
1: You know, I'd say just, you know, do what you love. Follow your passions. I think that's it's a little cliche, but it's it's just so important to be um, fired up about coming to work every day and just loving what you do, especially if you're in a growth role. Fortunate things about, Working with growth is that if you're growing, you're you're showing those numbers, and you know it's a lot of fun to, to keep hitting those milestones, um, which is a little different than than like you know creative jobs where you know people might have different uh, opinions about aesthetics and, and things like that. So yeah, I mean I just you know no matter what you do or which direction or what business model you work on or what what space you, you want to work in, you know it needs to fire you up, and you know you need to get get excited when you get out of bed and, and head to the office. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that that makes tons of sense. Uh, Zach, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with us today. It was awesome to have you on the show, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having
0: me. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Hack to Start, and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.